we're back with Ronica, our host of What's Next with Ronica, where she gets to talk to former student athletes who are killing the game in sports entertainment. And you got to speak to another volleyball player. And I know you had to be excited about that. Yes, I always love talking to the volleyball fam. So you just have a different bond that other student athletes wouldn't understand because they're not in our sport. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, you got a lot. I think I think she just has so many gems. But what I mean, you research, you you kind of looked her up. What were you kind of expecting to hear from her? I wanted to know about all the different roles that she's had. Um, I knew that she was big on diversity and that she was an attorney and went to two HBCUs and that a lot of who she is, like who she is as an individual and her cultural background meant a lot to her in her career. So I wanted to learn more about that. But then before she even got started with her job working at CarMax, I was like, what is this? How, (laughs) How do you go from law school to CarMax and then now you're in the NFL like what is going on so hearing about her journey and just figuring out who she is as a person was what I was really looking forward to what is it that you think outside of her confidence outside of oh, her that was gym, my favorite I was like her confidence <laughs> outside of her personality everything that she just embodies what is it you think people should really pay attention to I think um her vision, uh, she always had a vision for herself and she spoke it into existence and she she achieved it every single time. Like everything she said during the interview, I believe that she was going to do it, even if, for her future. Everything she said she wanted to do, I believe that it was going to happen. Everything that she said she would have done, she did. So um, that ties in with her confidence, but I think speaking it into existence, having a goal for yourself and then doing everything you can to achieve that goal and not stopping because someone else doesn't believe in you as long as you believe in yourself. I think she um, spoke a lot about um, having that self-confidence and owning your goal and not letting anyone else try to waver what you have set already. Um, So I think the biggest thing is having a vision, having that goal and not stopping until you achieve it. What did you take? I mean, this is, this is a fellow, middle blocker whatever you guys are saying what did you take away from this I was excited for you to have this conversation because I thought you would uh get more out of it maybe than some of the others she's so cool I love I was like we need to follow each other right away you're amazing let's be best friends but I think for me it was just um not a lot a lot of women shy away from being confident because it's you don't want to come off as arrogant. And I think that's a common misconception that you have between genders because guys can be cocky and it's just like, oh, they're super confident and the girl has the same thing or a woman has the same thing and it's a turnoff. But it's, I think it's a horrible um, stereotype that people have set and she embodies confidence and like it's just bursting out of her veins and I loved it and I loved everything about it and it just just shows that like when you have it and you keep pushing, like she's started with an internship, started at the bottom trying to beg players for an interview. And now she's a president of an organization of their company, their startup. And now it's, it just goes to show that like the world might tell you no, but as long as you say yes, like anything is possible. And she has told herself yes more times than people have told her no. Yes. Well, let's get into the episode so people can get what you got out of it. And uh, we're almost to the end. I think uh, it was like it's fitting to kind of 
have these kind of conversations as you start to wrap up this project and get ready to embark on your own life? Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I'm excited, it's, though. It's going to be okay. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Did I say your name right? You did. Okay, you did. I'm very proud. Thanks. It's I hate when people much say much easier mine. than it looks. It is. I hate when people say my name wrong, so I was like, I better not mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, talking about your experience at Hampton, and you were four-year letter winner on the volleyball team, and then you went to Florida A&M University getting your degree and becoming a lawyer, an attorney. Yeah. It sounds like, or it seems like from reading just your resume that, you know, you were always thinking about life after athletics. So what led into your decision of wanting to become an attorney? I definitely was always thinking about <laughs> post-school. Post I feel like for me, I knew that I was going to play volleyball and volleyball was going to pay for school. So that was always the game plan. Mm -hmm. um, I am half Nigerian, so I didn't have that many career options. I could either be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, um, no shade to anything else, but that's pretty much how I grew up. Um, so originally I was going to be a doctor for the longest. And then I realized that my personality is much more suited for the law. Um, so went to Hampton, studied political science, which is a common, uh, track for pre-law. Played volleyball there, which was the best experience. I saw you flexing on your stats. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like I could have blocked you because I could block anybody. Okay, um, okay. But. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's just my specialty. Um, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the best experience. I mean, I got the best of both worlds, being able to go to an HBCU, um, the most illustrious at that, mm -hmm. um, but also getting the opportunity to be a D1 athlete. So I got all of what I wanted to do. I competed at a really high level, but I got that culture that I feel like I wouldn't have gotten at a PWI. So mm -hmm. for me, that was amazing. Um, also going to an HBCU, it taught me that being excellent and being black is the norm. Um, it's, it's not the exception, right? Everyone around me is dope, doing great things. Um, and I feel like that definitely speaks to my level of confidence. Um, yeah. And going to FAMU Law School was, you know, an interesting decision. A lot of people don't go to two HBCUs. If you go to HBCU undergrad, you want to go to a PWI or a top school. Um, but for me, I love the opportunity to, I wanted to defeat the odds. Like I wanted yeah. to be that person that had two HBCU degrees. I was still going to make it to the NFL, still going to do all these big things. And I wanted to be that HBCU, you know, that the face, right? I wanted to be someone that showed what an HBCU education is. Mm -hmm. um, law school was a crazy experience. My second year of law school, I happened to intern for the law firm that represented Trayvon Martin's family. Mm -hmm. um, so quickly became an advocate, um, an activist, <laughs> leading protests, driving yeah. back to class. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but such formative years for me as an attorney. And even though I wanted to work in sports, I knew that I became an attorney because I wanted to advocate for people um, mm -hmm. and advocate for what I believed in. And I've been able to do that even in sports. Yeah. And before you even started out there, you were working in sales. Uh, Carmax? Yes. So I took a year off. I took a gap year. Um, mm -hmm. 
playing volleyball, I just feel like I didn't have a lot of time to like really figure out where I wanted to go to law school, um, what I wanted to focus on. So I took that year off to just work and kind of study for the LSAT. And I worked at CarMax. I mean, it was a cool job for me yeah. being an athlete. I'm super confident. I can talk to anybody. Um, literally any and every type of person comes into CarMax to buy a car. <laughs> Um, and I love cars. I got to just literally test drive cars all day and get paid really good money for it. So yeah. it was dope for me. Um, and yeah, it was, it was literally the perfect gap, you know, the gap mm -hmm. year job for me. I got to kick it. I got to get some partied out my system, although I think <laughs> I still partied a lot in law school. Um, but I got to really develop people skills, which is yeah. huge in law and really huge in anything you, you're going to do. I think a lot of people freak out when you know, their life isn't folding exactly into place how they expected it to right after college. And so what advice would you give to student athletes who, you know, don't have a law degree, right? Or they're not an, an attorney right when they leave. Like they're, they're not in the NFL right when they leave. They have to take that gap year. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I mean, so um, I graduated from law school. I didn't have a job offer. So everyone was talking about they were going to go to the PD's office or become a state attorney or start their own firm. And I was like, I'm going to work in sports, although I did not have a job. <laughs> um, so I had to figure that out. And everyone was expecting high things from me. Um, I had already had an internship with the Minnesota Vikings during my second year. So people were just expecting me to have this huge job. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually got uh, an internship with NFL Films right before I took the bar in Maryland. Um, so it was scary. Like my, my parents were like, okay, so we paid for you to go to law school and you're about to take an internship, make yeah. a minimum wage with a law degree and a bar card. Like this was not in the game plan that you presented to us. Um, <laughs> this was not in your presentation you know, to us. Exactly. But I think it's about staying the course. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy, um, that I was, you know, going to be making minimum wage after law school. Um, I was broke. My sister was helping me pay my bills. But I was so determined to, mm. you know, achieve my goals. And I was betting on myself. And I've yeah. always bet on myself. Not to say there weren't many nights where I was crying and broke and questioning everything I was doing. But I'm so glad that I didn't listen to everybody that was just like, oh, you should have a backup plan. Or, you know, yeah. everybody wants to work in sports. But what do you really want to do? Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I, I want to work in sports. And I'm going to do it my way. Um, so I just, I tell people, you have to convince yourself of what your goal is. And only you are going to understand and appreciate your vision and your purpose. And once you set that straight with yourself, that's what you have to go off on. You can't mm -hmm. let anyone define your path, your purpose, um, you know, your vision. Nobody's going to get it like you get it. True. Preach. Did you have anyone that helped you on your journey? Any resources that you use at your school or outside of school, even at CarMax, that helped you yeah. climb the ladder? You know, I've had some amazing, every manager I've had, every boss I've had, you know, I'm still friends with them on Facebook. And they're like, wow, I remember when you worked for me at Victoria's Secret or CarMax <laughs> or, you know, I was an intern at NFL Films. And I think everybody mm -hmm. has always appreciated my hustle. Um, and so, but I've been really blessed with great mentors. I mean, Kimberly Fields at the NFL League office, she is the quintessential badass Black woman that everybody respects, no matter mm -hmm. if you've known her for one minute or, you know, 20 years. So she really set the example. And I, I really stand on her, sh her shoulders because she paid mm -hmm. her dues, 
way before I got to the NFL <laughs> league office. And she's that person that I can call anytime I have questions. So I challenge everybody to find a mentor that one emulates who you want to be, but also mm -hmm. believes in you. Sometimes more than you believe in yourself. There were jobs that I didn't want to apply for because I was like, I'm not ready to be counsel. And she looked at me and she said, why not? Like, why not? Yeah. And literally she told me that two months before I got my job at the Panthers. I wasn't even going to apply because I didn't think I was ready to be counsel. Mm -hmm. um, so finding people that believe in you just as much and more than you do, that's crucial. And you only need one. People feel like mm -hmm. they need to have this, you know, rock star team. You only need one. If you get blessed with multiple, totally fine. You're yeah. lucky. <laughs> but you need at least one person, whether they're in your field or not, that's going to hold you accountable but also encourage you to dream higher and mm -hmm. to think bigger than what you're already thinking. So many great things that you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, so many, Listen, so many great little... We're going we to drop these gems. We're going to drop these gems. <laughs> but you got to speak at the Winning Edges Dinner of Influence. And I went to one, I guess it was a year ago. And I know you get to sit at a table, speak to different student athletes. What message did you leave with them that you think is important for every student athlete to carry? Um, I think the important thing is, you know, you have to find your purpose. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, it's a great example. I just told myself I wanted to work for the NFL. I was going to get there somehow, but I really wasn't figuring out what my purpose was. So when mm -hmm. I got to the NFL in record time, like literally right after law school, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, wh why am I here? Like, I just mm -hmm. had a destination. I didn't have a why. And then I realized when I got there that my purpose was to continue to open doors, to be, you know, this bold Black woman and show people that I can, too, work in sports. I'm, I'm professional, but I'm also myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my purpose, was diversity and inclusion um, and changing the face of the NFL because I didn't see that many people that look like me. Um, and that's, that's when it becomes, you know, meaningful. Sometimes people just say where they want to be or what they want to do, but they don't have their why. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you that if you don't have your why, no amount of money, no, no title is going to make you feel fulfilled unless you have your why. And you're either mm -hmm. going to find your why at work outside of work and for me it was both my my platform gives me the the opportunity to speak life into young people and to speak on issues where nobody would care what I was talking about if I didn't have NFL behind my name mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I think that that's what makes it worth it and so I challenge you know young people to find their why and then match it with what you're really good at and you're probably gonna have a dope career and you were at the NFL you did it and then you went to House of Athletes yeah, wow. so I just I just left the Panthers. I was with the Carolina Panthers as associate counsel for two seasons. And I just joined my really good friend, Brandon Marshall, who's the NFL wide receiver um, at House of Athletes as president there. Um, it is Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a lifestyle wellness brand. Um, it is the voice of the athlete. It's athlete owned. Um, it's unapologetic about bringing that elite athlete experience to everyday athletes. So we have mm -hmm. fitness uh, facilities, we have nutrition and supplements, we have apparel, we have a production arm with a really dope podcast right now, I Am Athlete Podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about the opportunity to bring my professional sports experience to this lifestyle brand 
and really empower athletes to own their brand, own their likeness. Um, so yeah, it's an exciting new adventure for me. I'm, I think I'm three weeks in. So yeah, I haven't burned down the house yet. <laughs> not yet, not yet. What led you into wanting to leave when you were building, what was it, all the diversity, what was it, the Employee Resource Group 2016? Yeah, so Black Engagement Network, I built yep. at the NFL, and then I also started Stride, which is uh, a Black um, Employee Resource Group at the Panthers. Um, for me, I think I wanted to do things on my own terms. You know, okay. I had this amazing experience with the NFL. I mean, literally, who gets to start their career with the NFL and grow and build things that are going to live beyond me? Um, but I feel like there was it was time for me to, to do things on my own terms. I wanted to build something of my own. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, at the NFL, games are going to be played on Sunday, whether essays there or not. Um, and I wanted to bet on myself again. Like, this is what I do, and I bet on myself seven years ago when I joined the NFL as an intern. And now this is uh, another opportunity for me to bet on myself and build something with a vision and a person that I believe in and Brandon. Um, and I want to impact culture. I want to be an employer of choice. I want to build a dope brand, a dope company. Um, and so that's, that's what led me to House of Athlete. I, a lot of people think I'm crazy for leaving <laughs> dream jobs. But again, if I were to listen to a lot of people around me, you're going to leave the NFL, you're going to leave the Panthers for a startup. Um, and I said, why not? And that's mm -hmm. actually what told me I was doing the right thing because I chose the opportunity that scared me the most. I had a few yeah. different opportunities and this one is the one that scared me the most. And I, the best advice I got was go with the one that scares you the most because that's probably what you should be doing. You're probably just too scared to do it. Um, so that's what I did. And <laughs> it's working out so far. <laughs> But now I'm, I'm excited to to build something and hopefully become a part of the fabric of culture. First of all, I love your confidence and like <laughs> everything that you say. It's just, you mean everything that you say and you say it with like such confidence, everything that you say, you mean it. And like, Thank where you. do you get that from? Because I mean, coming being an athlete, like, yeah, you have to be confident, but this came before you're an athlete. <laughs> did, I t did I mention I was Nigerian? Did I mention that? Oh, you did, um, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I have such strong roots. Um, I'm half Nigerian, half African American. And for me, I grew up with a, a strong sense of pride in who I am. I come from a strong line of Black women um, and African women um, who are tall and bold and, you know, educated. Um, and so I, I want to live up to that. You know, I do have my insecurities, um, but I think that you know, anytime I second guess myself, I'm either getting an email or a call or a message from a younger black woman who's like, teach me, help me. And, you know, mm -hmm. you inspire me. And that's what builds my confidence. And I think that, you know, you have to sometimes convince yourself you're going to have days where you don't think you're good enough and imposter syndrome is real. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to own my opportunity and own my existence. And I try to do that every day. Amazing. <laughs> we'll open it up for questions. Everyone else. Mm -mm -mm. This one's funny. What was your oh crap moment? <laughs> <laughs> My oh crap moment. Hmm. Um, I would probably say I was interning with NFL films. They told me I was doing licensing and my boss was like I'm gonna bring you to Hawaii for Pro Bowl 
and I need you to wrangle players for interviews for seven days. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, I wasn't even the player relations intern, by the way. Um, it's just like, I just, I need you to do it. I feel like you can do it. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was making $7.25 an hour. So got to Hawaii with probably $200 to my name that had to last it's me. so expensive in Hawaii. Seven days. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was staying at the Players Hotel, which was a luxury hotel, five star. Um, they had to swipe my card for incidentals. My card obviously got declined very loudly. Um, and, uh, I was like, I just started crying. I was like, look, I didn't ask to be here. I'm an intern. I'm making minimum wage. I don't, can you call my manager? And they were like, don't worry about it. Um, but that was my oh crap moment because I realized that, um, I was in Hawaii as an intern and, you know, a couple months ago I was taking the bar and didn't know what I was going to be doing. And I got to be in paradise chasing my dream and it's funny because mm -hmm. a lot of those players that remember me begging for interviews literally are like I worked with them and they're like were you the one that was begging me for a free interview <laughs> in Hawaii like my rookie year and I'm like yep <laughs> so that was my moment where you know it was embarrassing and it also is a lesson because people probably thought that I was kicking it in you know mm -hmm. Hawaii for seven days I was so broke and literally hoping that someone paid for my lunch and dinner every day um, mm. so it goes to show you that you don't always see the grind. You just see the reward. Um, but yeah, that was my oh crap moment. I hope that that led up to an oh crap moment. It sounds like an oh crap moment to me. I hate being oh. broke. <laughs> Let's see. Mm -mm -mm. What advantages did you have in your career because you were a student athlete? I can't tell you an interview that I've had where people didn't want to talk about me playing college ball. Like literally mm. from working at Victoria's Secret during college until now, being a student athlete has been woven into every single opportunity that I've gotten. I think the level of confidence that we have, being a volleyball player, as you know, we have the perfect balance of being competitive, but also being really good team members. Um, so yeah. I can work with you, still demand the best of myself, but I'm a really good teammate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that has set me apart from everyone else, because a lot of people are either or. They're either just, they really wanna do well for themselves, or they're almost too self-deprecating and just want to make the team win. And I think mm -hmm. volleyball players um, and student athletes, like we have that advantage of being both. Um, I think also just time management and, you know, look, I can, I can speak to athletes. I can speak to the football players. I can also speak to, you know, the executives and the owners of teams and the presidents. And I did that very successfully um, at the NFL and at the Panthers. And so I think that confidence of being a student athlete and also – I know the game probably more than, you know, most people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I exude that, but, you know, that's kind of the advantage. And I always say, if you can hire a student athlete, you should. Yeah, well, especially with volleyball, because we, we have to be like the ultimate teammate, because it ultimate. comes down to at three people, three different people have to touch the ball. Like, in basketball, Listen. I can carry that up and down forever. But everyone as, has as, to be on their game. As good as you are, you need other people. Like, yeah. literally, I need to turn around and know that my libero, Alyssa, <laughs> who's on here listening right now, I need to know that she's going to dig this ball because I've set the block the right way. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's that. But also, if I get a block, I'm still going to be a little cocky and probably yell at <laughs> That was me. Yeah. What position were you? Huh? What position were you? Middle. Same. Amazing. Yeah. So look, I roofed people for a living. It was what I did. It's on my resume, actually. <laughs>
professional roofer. Professional. Okay, let's see. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Trying to see which one I want. Nope, you answered that. This one, okay. How did you make your transition from legal to the business side of the house? That's a great question. Um, can you, okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> how did I make the transition? So Brandon Marshall, remember I told you about those athletes that I had to beg for free interviews? Mm -hmm. He was one of them yep. that year in Hawaii. <laughs> he was so mean to me. I'm going to put him on blast. <laughs> Um, but he's been someone that has been able to see me grow in my career. Um, he's seen me at every phase. I've had him speak on multiple panels. Um, and we've just become really good friends. And I think, you know, I've always wanted to be, to be more than a lawyer. I've always wanted to have say on culture and business decisions, uh, which most lawyers want to be more than a lawyer, by the way, just putting that out there. Um, and I think finding the right person to partner with, I've my dream has always been to help black athletes build their businesses and build their brands with a trustworthy person like myself. Um, and so I started working with Julius Peppers and helping him with his foundation. And he's like this hall of fame legend who doesn't really trust many people. And somehow I convinced him to trust me, um, you know, with his business and we've become really good friends and the same with Brandon. So we just kind of built a relationship. And then we realized that, you know, his goals and my goals aligned and you know I so I joined him but it, it was a it was definitely a, a transition that was always going to happen I just didn't know it's going to happen now yeah do you think your parents are proud now like now that you I got your presentation so. together <laughs> <laughs> look I think they're just proud that I can pay my bills I'm not making 725 an hour anymore <laughs> um no but I mean I think they are proud and um they definitely thought I was crazy multiple times mm -hmm. for the different risks mm -hmm. that I've taken and even telling them that I'm leaving the Carolina Panthers was probably like okay now what we doing um but you know I, I hope that I'm making them proud and uh chasing my dreams and that's one thing that I think they respect is that SA is gonna chase her dreams no matter what yeah. you say so see what would you recommend I do as a law firm associate if I want to get into sports business? That's a great question. So a few things. One, you need to network with people in the industry. So going to conferences that sports lawyers attend. Sports Lawyers Association is probably the best conference um, every year to go to so you can get in the mix and meet counsel for teams and leagues and agents. Um, I also think learning business law, working on transactions um, that you know are B2B, it's huge because that's really what sports law is, especially if you want to be in-house counsel for a team or a league. Um, you really need to be strong from a transactional standpoint. So try to work on some of those deals. Work with companies that touch sports. So any company that has a sports uh, sponsorship, that's who you want to work for. You don't necessarily have to start with a team, but you just need to get to you know, get to a point where you can touch sports. And those are really the people that we hire, the people that have touched sports at some level. Mm -hmm. My question, when all is said and done, when okay. you can retire, when everything, when you're making over 725 an hour, you know, you've already reached that. But when all is said and done, you can walk away from your career. What do you want to leave doing? What do you, what work do you want to have behind you? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I hope that my, my work in diversity and inclusion continues to live on at the NFL. Um, Black Engagement Network is going strong in New York. Um, Stride is, is going strong here, even though everybody's working from home right now. Um, so I hope that that's a part of my legacy. I think with House of Athlete, we have such an opportunity to build something so special. Um, and I want to be a part of that. You know, I want someone to look at me and say, Essay bet on herself, you know, I can bet on myself. And Essay built this, you know, with other amazing people. Um, so, yeah, I want to be able to build a successful company and look back and hopefully that turns into multiple other successful companies. But I want to be seen as someone who was uh, for the culture, who was unapologetically Black, um, and also someone who was trustworthy for athletes. And I want to be an example of athletes hiring Black talent to help them with their business. And I believe that you're going to do it just because you said it. I believe it. <laughs> but what's just next for you, it. right? Yeah, just because you said it, I'm like, everything she says is accurate. <laughs> look, I need you to come with me everywhere. So I'm like, what did I say? All right. I'm a professional hype man. Like, I got it. Listen, I, I'm, I, I need it. I need it. But what's next right now for you with the House of Athletes? Yeah, so it's an exciting time. Um, we are designing this dope apparel line with Brandon's wife, Mishi, um, who's a designer. So we have that launching this fall. Um, hopefully our doors can open for fitness um, in Florida. And then we're building out other fitness facilities in Florida and across the country over the next six to 12 months. So look out for a house of athlete near you. Um, we also have supplements and nutrition dropping soon. Um, so a lot of exciting things tonight actually is I am athlete podcast on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to make sure to check that out with Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder, um, Reggie Wayne and Fred Taylor. So super exciting stuff going on. Um, so that's really all that we have. Um, and the possibilities are endless. And that's, that's what I love most about this opportunity is there is nothing that, you know, me and Brandon can't do with House of Athletes. And everyone has been asking, what is Stride? Yeah, so Stride <laughs> is uh, the Black Engagement Network, uh, I mean, the, the Black Employee Resource Group at the Panthers. So similar to what I started um, in New York with the Black Engagement Network, Ben, um, in New York at the league office, I started Stride at the Carolina Panthers, and it is the first official Black Employee Resource Group at an NFL club. So um, super important stuff, and I hope every team continues to, you know, to have a safe space for Black employees to gather and, um, you know, help the engagement of the company with their Black community. Everything that you say, I'm, I'm a firm <laughs> believer in everything that you say is going to happen, and I can't wait to continue to follow along. I'm, oh, I don't even you. know if I follow you on my account. I know I follow, obviously, Tony yes, Edge follows you. We need to fix that. Right after this ends, I'm going to follow you, follow back. I also feel like we need a scrimmage, and I definitely want to see oh, no, who's the better sure. For sure. For sure. Because I still think I got it. Like, my knees, they, uh, they, they're they a few years behind me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I feel like, you know, we should we should figure that out at some point. Yeah. No, I'm always ready to go. <laughs> I'm always ready. Oh, I don't always. even know. Always. I could go okay. right now. I haven't played in, like, three months, but I could go right now. Yeah. I need to stretch. Um, but once yeah. I stretch, we're good. <laughs> But thank you so much for your time. I can't thank wait to you. continue to follow along with everything that you have going. I believe it will happen. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. Of course. Thanks. All right. Take care. You too.